Relationship Alive is sponsored in part by listeners like you. If you find the show to be helpful and would like to make a contribution, just visit neilsatin.com slash support or text the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And today's show is also sponsored in part by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. Get matched with your perfect therapist who can put you on the path to a happier life and a thriving relationship. For a special offer for you, visit Talkspace.com alive. And like so many aspects of what we do in relationship, today's episode, which is focused on how to ask for support, uh, relies on really good communication skills and the top three relationship communication secrets that I talk about in my free guide apply to these kinds of conversations as well that you might be having with your partner or with friends or with family. So if you want to download that, it's free and you can do that at neilsatin.com slash relate, or you can text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. Okay, on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. I hope you took a moment to listen to last week's episode, which was a visit with Diana Richardson, the author of The Heart of Tantric Sex. And in this episode, we did a follow-up with her to ask her some questions about some of the nuances of her work, the kinds of things that you would wonder after reading her book and trying things out for a while. And the questions that I asked her were taken from my own experience, as well as questions that have come in from listeners like you since uh, since the first episode with her aired way back at the beginning of the podcast. So if you haven't had a chance yet, definitely check it out. It's a half hour or so of amazing wisdom about how to implement Tantra and her version of, of slow sex uh, into your daily life, even if you only have 15 to 20 minutes a day um, or a week even to devote to it. So definitely check it out. Um, I also wanted to let you know that next week we are going to be talking all about the art of apologies with Harriet Lerner. Uh, you may recognize her as the author of The Dance of Anger. She is also one of Brene Brown's mentors, and she has come back to the Relationship Alive podcast to talk about her new book, which is all about how to apologize effectively and uh, and also the art of receiving an apology. So that's what is in store for you next week. Now, you're here with me today, and like I've said many times, I really appreciate that, by the way. And one thing that is clear to me, and it's probably clear to you, that the whole purpose for my being here is to give you some support, uh, to support you in your journey to have an amazing relationship and overall just to have an amazing life. Like, that's my wish for you. And this, since you're here listening, represents an important strategy for you. Because one of the biggest ironies is that unless you're one of the people who's lucky enough to be sitting here listening to the podcast with your partner, in which case, hello, your partner, um, 
if you're one of those lucky people, then awesome. However, most of us, when we are listening to a podcast, we're alone and we're taking all this information in alone. And most of the emails that I get from listeners are written alone. It's not like their partner is sitting there next to them saying, hey, could you ask Neil about this too? Most of the time when we are, even when we're in relationship, we feel at times alone. And in our lives in general, we can feel at times alone and isolated, especially when we have problems. But even when you have something amazing and joyous happening in your life, you can feel alone if you don't necessarily have someone to share that experience with, to celebrate with. So how do we combat this state of aloneness that in some ways is part of our nature because we're, we're born alone, we die alone, um, and we inhabit our experience um, for the most part alone, um, except for those moments of shared consciousness and those beautiful moments of relatedness with other people. And the truth is that we need relationship um, and we know this now scientifically, so it's not just me saying so, that there is something to relating with other people that we are designed for. It's part of our physiology that helps us regulate ourselves, helps us be calm, helps us be creative and social. We're designed to function not always in relation to other people, but quite a bit of the time in relation to other people. And of course, we are part of a web of existence where we are supported all the time by other people in our lives, um, other people we don't know, the people who pick the food that ends up at our market or grocery store, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on in all the ways that life and other people show up for us. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about how do you find support in your life in a way that actually has some intention to it and that serves your your higher vision what you want for yourself what you want in partnership this is sometimes an overlooked aspect of how we create our web of friends for instance because um, sometimes we meet people just through happenstance like we happen to you know strike up a conversation with someone at the coffee shop and next thing you know your friends we still do that, right? Like strike up conversations. I mean, I do. Um, and hopefully you do too, because it's a great way to just get to know people in the world and see what's happening in their experience. But then there are the, you know, the people that are your acquaintances just because you do things together or um, you see each other at a re on a regular basis, maybe at work or at church or something along those lines. Um, so those people also, or you know them through school, maybe their, their kids are friends with your kids and so you become friends. So over time, we meet all of these people and we hopefully get to relate with them in some way. Or we go seeking help because we feel like um, maybe you're, you feel like you want your life to be better. Maybe it's already awesome and you're just like, oh, I want to figure out how to make it more awesome. Or maybe it's because there are some ways where you're recognizing, oh, I'm really held back or there's this thing that I've been struggling with for a long time and, and I really don't know how to get past it. 
So these are all reasons why it's helpful to find support that's outside of you, outside of your sphere. Now, there are ways that, that again, we'll talk about in a future episode, reasons why therapists can be so important or coaches, um, for that matter, in terms of helping you direct the way that you are growing and learning and healing. That's really important. Um, but how do you ask for support from the people that matter to you, your family, your friends? And how do you do it in a way that actually results in you um, making leaps leaps forward in your own health and your own development? If you're just relying upon things the way they are and you don't already have that feeling of support, then probably that's just the way it's going to be. Um, so if you already have that web of support and you feel really held by your community or your friends or your family, then that's awesome. Um, and what I'm about to say, maybe I'll start with you because your, your task is easiest. Um, because the people who love you in your life, they are looking for ways to be of service to you. I know I am for, for my friends and the sense that I get is that our friends are also, they want to know, like, how can I show up for you? How can I help you in your life? Um, and hopefully you're, you're in a, uh, a, a cycle of reciprocity with your friends where there's, there's give and take and give and take. And you're um, maybe instead of take, let's call it giving and receiving. I think that sounds better. So giving and receiving and, and hopefully you feel like you spend time on both sides of that. And I think we've all had friendships where it either feels like we're always giving, giving, giving and not getting anything like that. That can't, doesn't always feel good. Um, and sometimes you're on the flip side where you're receiving, receiving, receiving. And that also feels unhealthy where you're like, why, like, why is this person giving so much? It just doesn't feel right. And it could be because they haven't created openings for you to give as well. Because if someone's giving, 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 then they're filling us up with all this energy. And I think it's only natural for us to want to return the favor. So how do you reach out and ask for support in ways that will actually help you? And in particular, how do you combat the feeling of being alone that could be there for you right now? Um, or maybe that just comes up for you at various times throughout the day. And there's, there's a reality check around that, right? Um, because, you know, within our own minds, we are often alone. Um, but then there are ways to find support that will help you feel more connected, help you get into that regulated, balanced brain physiology so that you're using both your right brain and your left brain and able to be um, ready to, to take on the world. Um, yeah, there are ways of doing that that will be helpful for you. Now, you may have noticed that the podcast just got its first 
um, sponsor, which is Talkspace.com. And one of the reasons that I really like Talkspace is because their model is a little bit different. They're, they're therapists. So again, you're working with actual therapists, but at the same time, they make themselves available um, for you whenever. So um, if something's come up, you can text your therapist right then and there and, and let them know what's going on with you. Now, they're not going to necessarily respond to you right away, but they do respond to you daily. And I think depending on the plan, it might be once a day or twice a day, but it's a way of creating a um, web of support for you. Like it's just one piece of the web. Everything is part of the, the big tapestry of support for you. Um, and we all deserve support. If we're all out there supporting each other, then there's plenty of support to go around. It's, you know, we have an abundance of support that's possible in our lives. Um, by the way, in terms of Talkspace, if you're interested in checking them out, if you go to Talkspace.com slash alive, um, then you can use the coupon code alive and you get $30 off your first month of doing whatever program with them you choose. Um, and I think by visiting that URL, you get to hook up with someone who helps you figure out which of their therapists is right for you. So um, Talkspace.com slash alive. I just wanted to mention that and the coupon code alive. So back to your friends and your family. Well, one thing that's important is for you to get really clear on how you need support. And it can be really um, common to feel like, well, the way that I want my friends to support me is when there's stuff going on for me, I want someone I can turn to. I want to tell them everything, all my woes, everything that's going wrong in my life. And hopefully they're, they're there to hear me and support me and help me feel better. Um, and there's a place for that. But that in and of itself, if that's the, the way that you see this working, then for one thing, that could get really old with your friends. And for another thing, it doesn't necessarily help your friends help you get to a better place. They may be there to support you in the moment, in your moments of pain. And this is in no way saying, like, if you're in pain, reach out for help. You shouldn't, like, hold back um, and tell your friends or tell your family, tell someone what is going on with you. It's important to not be alone when you're in pain. Um but on top of that, if you can go to your friends and say, hey, like, I want, I would love for you to hold me accountable to this. Um, like, a great commitment is I want to always speak positively about my relationship. I, or I want to always speak generatively, which means in a way that's life giving. And the way that I mean it in this context is, I want to be sure that whenever I'm talking about my, my relationship, that it's something that's taking us in a positive direction. Um, I want you to hold me accountable to not saying anything mean or disparaging about my partner or complaining about my partner. Would you help me so that whenever I have something about my relationship to talk about, that we're headed in a positive direction? And, it, and if you realize this about yourself, like, oh, yeah, I kind of do have a tendency to just want to bitch about my partner, um, then you might also 
benefit from having your friend say, hey, like you asked me to hold you accountable to this. And I noticed I'm noticing that you're kind of complaining about your partner. So um, so what can we do? Like, how can we talk about this in a way that fosters positive energy, that fosters possibility, that fosters growth? In order for you to do this, you need to be able to think about your life and think about what you really want and head towards that. And then without making it your friend's responsibility or your family member's responsibility, whoever you're asking um, for support from, um, without making it their responsibility, figure out how can you enlist their support? What would be the one thing that they could do that would help you maintain your sense of responsibility and accountability and ownership of this way that you want to be in the world. And then if you can articulate that really clearly in terms of a very simple request, then ask your friend. Now, there's some um, responsibility here, which is that if someone is asking you for your support and you can't give it to them, then hopefully you can check in with yourself and figure out, like, can I show up for my friend the way they're asking? Or maybe I can't. And if you can't show up, then um, can you be honest with them about it? And that can be a really challenging conversation to have. Um, as we've talked about on the show many times, um, being fully honest and transparent is a journey. It's not always easy. And sometimes it comes with some pain, um, either for the person who's hearing the truth or there can be pain for you in delivering the truth. But there are so many ways that someone can step forward to helping you be your best, brightest self that you shouldn't let your fear of the truth or the fear of someone saying, actually, I can't really show up for you that way. That shouldn't stop you from from asking, from trying to create that web, that tapestry for yourself. Um, and and when someone says no, like that also shouldn't be a big deal about you or your friendship. It should just actually be something that in a way is celebrated because when someone really understands their boundaries and can uh, articulate them for you, that's worth acknowledging. Um, in fact, it's worth modeling in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, per perhaps you've been there. I certainly have where I've said yes to something that I probably shouldn't have said yes to. And then afterwards, either felt bad about it or resentful or tried to figure out how to extricate myself from it without offending anyone. Um, so, so there's an art to being on either side of this, to, to being the requester of support and also to being the one who is like uh, really looking at yourself to decide if you're able or not. So, Right. We were going to take an example and uh, an example of this. You know, I've had an amazing conversation that came up in the Relationship Alive community on Facebook where one person was talking about this feeling of being alone in relationship. What if I'm the only one who wants to grow? What if I'm the only one who wants to change? Um, and this comes up a lot because 
um, often in relationship, one person is doing just fine and the other and another person isn't or one person is a conflict avoider and the other person is not a conflict avoider. And so that can often feel like only one person has the problem. But in truth, both people might have the problem. They're just handling it in different ways. So what do you do if you feel alone in your relationship like that? What's a way that you can enlist the support of someone in your life to help you? And so whether you feel alone in your relationship all the time, in which case I'm really sorry to hear that, um, or there are just moments when you feel alone in your relationship, take a moment right now and just check in. Like, is that true? Do I sometimes feel alone? Is Do I sometimes feel like there's something I wish I had some support with um, and I'm not getting that with my partner? So now that you've thought about that, um, there are a couple options for you. The first is if you are in partnership, this is a moment and you might need more than a moment to really work this out to think about, is there a way that you actually can enlist the support of your partner? Now, this is often a place where we have blind spots because you might feel like I've asked my partner in any number of ways if they would step up and show up for the relationship and they still refuse to, or they get resentful or all these things. Um, so I can tell you that I've had so many conversations with clients who think they have tried everything. And I just ask them a, a few simple questions um, once I've heard their situation and they can be like, oh, yeah, actually, I didn't try that or I didn't ask in that way. Or I can see how the way that I was asking was inviting no or inviting their anger or whatever. So you get the point. If you feel like you've tried everything, this might be a good time to get a professional opinion on another way that you could approach it with your partner. So if you are in partnership, most of the time, I feel like it's best to explore that option thoroughly of how you can enlist your partner's support in this aspect of your relationship or um, in this thing for you where you want to grow. Um, the next step is to think about, take a moment and think about someone in your life. It could be a friend, could be a family member, could be a teacher. Um, if you're in 12 step, you know, it could be getting a sponsor if you don't have a sponsor, but is there someone in your life who you could ask for just a little boost of support? So take a moment and identify who that person could be. And if you still need more time, you can always hit pause. But once you've done that, now you want to identify, okay, what is this thing that I want help with, that I want support with? Um, let's say it's this, ish this issue of feeling really alone in my relationship. And I've determined that I really, for whatever reason, cannot bring this to my partner. So I want to bring this to a friend and ask for support in a way that is generative in a way that's actually going to help me because it would be so easy right to go to a friend and be like ah my partner they're always you know ignoring the problem and they don't want to fix anything and suddenly you're in a huge spiral of complaining and that's not necessarily going to get you anywhere so 
this is the time for you to think about how can my support person, how can they help me make a change? Now, one thing that they could do is, um, let me just say that it's rare the moments that we are actually alone in our relationship. It could be that we are missing lots of our partner's bids for connection. And this is something that John Gottman talks a lot about. You can listen to uh, the very first episode of the podcast with John Gottman to hear more about bids. It could be that you're missing some bids from your partner. And it's likely that they're missing your bids too. But some of that is your responsibility. So there could be ways that you could show up differently in the relationship that would bring about more feelings of connection. So I'm just thinking this through as I'm, as I'm talking this out with you. Maybe there's a way that your friend could help remind you of the ways in which you and your partner are connected so that when you're feeling alone and kind of despairing of being alone in your relationship, you could reach out to your friend and say, hey, I'm feeling really alone. Could you remind me of a moment where you've seen us be really, really connected with each other. And it could be that you've had a conversation with your friend prior to this where you've actually uh, gone through a lot of your past and helped in your friend has helped you unearth the stories of your connection, times that felt really good, times that um, you were totally on the same wavelength. Um, magical moments of making love together, those kinds of things where connection is so clearly a part of the picture. So maybe your friend is simply there to remind you in a moment when you're feeling alone, like actually, like what about that time with your friend? You know, they're just there to introduce a little bit of evidence to support a different reality. It's not to say that in that moment, you're not being ignored or um, that you might, you might have a reason to feel alone in that moment. But it can be so easy when you're triggered by that to go into a state of despondency um, or let's just call it fight or flight where you suddenly, ev you always are alone in that relationship where that's not necessarily true or where it hasn't always been true. So that could be one way that a friend could actually help you reinforce something positive. Because if you are on your own in your relationship on the path of growth, then that's for one thing, that's not, that's often not easy. Um, so, you know, I'm sending support and love and courage to you right now, if that is what's happening with you. But I can tell you that it's not always that way. Like you will shift the moves in the dance and the dance with your partner will change. But it takes strength to be able to do that and to be able to focus on your own stuff and to be able to discern what really is your stuff versus your partner's stuff um, and have that not be clouded by hurt feelings, but to, to be able to look at something truly objectively and say, oh yeah, that actually was my responsibility or that was me uh, dropping a chance at, at connecting with my partner's bid or that was me not being fully honest with my partner about how I felt and instead making it their fault. Um, there are all these ways, right, where 
they're hard, you know, and we do some days we're amazing. Some days we are the best partner in the world and other days we are the worst partner in the world. And that's okay. Um, as long as you don't get stuck there, stuck in either place. Although I have to say that probably part of being the best partner in the world is being willing to, well, maybe not be the worst partner in the world, but being willing to be the not best partner in the world for the sake of getting even better. It's that whole concept of failing forward, right? You're like, you're going to mess up. It's It can be messy. And if you're there willing to pick up the pieces and if you are willing to make it increasingly less and less messy. So hopefully, you know, you may have started out your relationship kind of messy, um, but as you progress, hopefully you become more and more aligned with your partner. So it gets less and less messy. Um, it certainly makes it easier, the less messy that it is. So if you're holding your vision of like, ultimately this relationship is gonna be a relationship of connectedness. And right now I'm the one who's growing. I want my par- I want my friend, my support partner to remind me that that I'm on a path of growth and that I'm learning and I'm growing and my partner's not being on seemingly along for the ride right now is not holding me back from discovering more about myself, more about my capacity to love, more about my capacity to connect. And then as you discover those things about yourself, you get to turn that light back on your relationship and figure out are there are there places where I was missing or in fact, are we no longer in relationship, in which case it's a different conversation. And then you might enlist a different kind of support from your support partner. So hopefully this has been helpful for you. I want you to get really specific about how your friends and family and other associates, <laughs> support partners, how they can show up for you. And be really simple and clear about it and make sure that it's focused on something positive. And then make a request. And remember that they may say yes, they may say no, and either one is fine. You may have some friends who are great in one kind of situation and not so great in others, um, and other support partners who totally want to show up in the situation that you're working on right now. So no hard feelings, but you definitely will be sure to have all of your expectations not met if you do not make them clear um, and you do not um, request them. So take a moment, identify who that person in your life could be, how they could help you in a positive way and ask them and see what they say and see if you can create a positive feedback loop for yourself a wider tapestry of support to help you get even closer to what's possible for you in your life, in your relationship, and in your overall connectedness. And with that, I wish you well for the coming week. I will see you next week with Harriet Lerner talking about apologizing, which is a great skill to have when things get messy, as we were just talking about. And as always, if you want to reach out, um, I'm here for you. My email is neilius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S, at neilsatin.com. You can join the Relationship Alive community on Facebook, 
would love to see you there. And I really appreciate your spending this time with me today. Have a good one.